Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group and welcome to the podcast episode focusing and putting a spotlight on one of our clients, Traffic Diversions Group. Now, this business was purchased by by the three partners in 2012 and the key focus points at that stage was, okay, how do we take this, I guess, uh, run-of-the-mill traffic uh, management company and turn it into what was back then decided upon to be the best traffic control company in Victoria. That was the the vision, I guess, of the three partners and what has since gone on to become the actual best traffic control business in Victoria as we speak today. So aspects of the interview and the sharing that we're just about to hear from the three partners, Stefan, Ross and Paul from Traffic Diversions Group, touch on what, what it's like to be partners and be clear about your roles and responsibilities, but also have what I would call a prenuptial. If this thing ever went to shit, how do we ensure that we have a, uh, I guess, a saving grace that doesn't have our friendship and our relationship go to the wall either? I mean, there's a, there's a key sharing around team and culture and how, I guess, in such a, a business that's got fast growth, how you need to work twice as hard, three times as fast to make sure the team and culture is continuously focused on. How do we ensure that the economy, the environment is always something that's central to our strategy and the DNA of the business and what we're growing? Specifically, if you want to become the go-to, the reference point for an industry in a in an area such as traffic management and how it's growing at such a rapid pace. And, and remember, you know, getting into traffic management does not take a lot of hard work or a lot of brains, let's call it. So the constant competition and how you must always keep yourself ahead of the game and constantly in alignment with your team are some of the, the aspects of this interview that just make it an unbelievable sharing from everyone involved, including Paul, Stefan and Ron. Who, who are the owners of Traffic Diversions Group. Traffic Diversions Group has had rapid growth, huge, huge momentum, and so much so that they have, I guess, you know, um, doubled their revenue four years in a row in, in our presence. And uh, I just think there's some gold and, 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 and diamonds being polished in every part of this interview. Enjoy. Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group, introducing and putting the spotlight on Traffic Diversions Group. Traffic Diversions Group. Traffic Diversions Group. I mean, again, this, this, is, a, uh, this is a bigger business, a bigger small business, but it's a business. Paul McRedmond, Stefan Schultz and Ross McDonald. So that's Ross, this is Stefan and this is Paul. I just need to make sure. <laughs> and I'm Stefan too. But uh, the fast facts regarding uh, Traffic Diversions Group. So late in 2012, uh, Stefan and Ross purchased the business with Paul joining the team two months later. So you could almost say they came into this business. Um, they're very familiar with the industry, traffic control, traffic management. They were very familiar, you know, champions in their own right, working on other people's, uh, in other people's business. They ultimately bought the business. So um, revenue has grown two times, twofold for the last three years. So this is a business that's had 100% growth on revenue year on year on year, three years in a row. So 
when you understand what that actually means, and we're not saying we started from a $500,000 base either. We're talking about a monster business becoming bigger and greater and ultimately more demanding. And I'll give you some stats on that in a moment. We currently have structured team meetings because we understood that, you know, the question from Paul earlier probably surmises the journey to a certain degree, and we're going to hear in a moment, when you've got so many people on the team, how do you get around to them all and show them that you care? Give them a little bit of a prod or a, uh, you know, a jab in the, in, in the ribs, say, hey, you could be better than this. How do you do that? Well, over the last 12 to 18 months, this business now has, is running structured team meetings internally and externally, all in the pursuit of one outcome to be the best possible traffic management company, not only in Melbourne, but ultimately Australia, and why not Asia Pacific? So senior team members are now invited to sit and contribute at board level. That was non-existent 12 to 18 months ago. Um, the team growth since 2014, when we had a, a merger and an acquisition also occur in the business, and we'll hear more about that in a moment. But in 2014, there were three directors, three owners, 14 office support staff, and 130 traffic controllers. Fast forward to today, um, May 2016, there are three directors, 20 office staff, and 250 traffic controllers. So this business has um, significantly added in the space of HR, more so in the production line, let's call it, more so on the ground. But our ability to get the structure in that middle tier, ultimately led by the top tier, has been a phenomenal breakthrough. So that's where uh, I guess you know our, our opportunity to share and hear and, and understand from three directors, three individuals, three shareholders in a business that wasn't cheap to buy, and you know the houses were on the line, but three different people who needed to come together on one page and then drive the ability of alignment and purpose and, and ultimately outcomes for almost 300 people every other day. That's not for the faint-hearted. Everyone understand that? And there's been some really good learnings and, and distinctions along the way for which we, we, we're in a position where we can share a few things. So, Paul, I'll ask um, the question of you to begin with, and I'll take a seat just to uh, not get too animated here. So, in, in, in 2012, when we, when we decided to uh, you know, get together and take a risk, take a risk of buying what was a, uh, a significant business and um, ultimately joined two other partners um, who had already made the commitment, you know, 60, 70, 80 days prior to you. Um, what were the, uh, the crossroads at that point? What did you guys see as not only the opportunity, but also the biggest challenges if we were to get payback on the, on the belief of investing? So at that point in time, we'd all been involved in the industry for, for a while, um, and we, <clears throat> but we'd had a, a little step away from in the industry for a while. Um, Stephen was still involved in the industry, but Ross and I were out of it for a little bit. But we saw there was, was opportunity there. Um, but there are a lot of traffic management companies in the industry, but not too many to play at the top end of town. And the ones that were at that top end of town were starting to, to falter and fall away. So we saw that as our opportunity to come in and get back into that space and be able to offer something that the others obviously weren't because they were falling away. Yeah, and, and did we sort of, um, I guess, Ross, I'll ask you this question. Was there an element of a competitive analysis? I mean, obviously, you guys came through the industry. You, no different to our, my industry and everyone else's industry here. You, you sort of are familiar with what works and what doesn't work. Some of it's true and some of it's our perception. Um, what did you see? And again, coming into a partnership now where your house is on the line and the promise of a great business becoming greater was on the line, what did you see as the opportunity but we had to deal with the challenges at that point. Well, the opportunity was to, to 
take that that small hole and and run with it and, and give the the industry what it was asking for uh, best practiced um, we we everybody was doing just okay there was a, the company that we were working for was was getting to the top but they were focusing on just the top and not all of the industry all the way through um, when the, the the top projects in the industry finished, so did they basically. So they had no structure underneath to support them, no no cottage works or those sort of council works um, to support them. So we recognised that that was very important in the industry. Um, I suppose the, the, the hurdle for me was that uh, although I had run a business, I'd never owned a business like this. And that's still today, a big learning curve for me. Um, I've changed a lot since since I moved from management to ownership. Your perception changes. That's a really good. Uh, that's a really good point you make. And uh, wouldn't mind you just give me the one two things that you've had to work really hard at, and and, and let's get some feedback from your partners here. Because in fairness, you know, whether you're in partnership or whether you're uh, sitting at a table trying to come to some, you know, confirmed alignment, there's always going to be, you know. When I was a young boy, I used to go overseas during my university uh, you know, term breaks and uh, we were always limited to just four guys or four people going away at once because if it was more than that, where there was too much mind and, 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 and opportunity for uh, decisions, there'll be conflict, right? What were some of the learnings for you in going from management? And, and let's just say, you know, you're a fairly passionate sort of human being and uh, not sort of, you are. <laughs> and um, what's, what, what are some of the learnings for you in being an owner of a business that has an opportunity that we're looking at further than just the next job? What were some of the learnings for you? Look, for me, it was a, an educational learning. You talk about university and I know Paul's been to university and, and Stefan's gone through school at a higher grade. I left school at 13 years old. Um, because I had to, my parents had separated, my, my, I had to support my family. Uh, so I left school at 13 years old and, and went out in the workforce. So um, did a lot of jobs and uh, didn't have, I remember coming to Paul and, and working with Paul and using a computer. I'd never used a computer um, up to six years ago, six and a half years ago. <laughs> I've yeah. never used a computer, so that was a huge thing for me to, to learn and, and get to a level where I could be on these guys' level. Um, I felt that I was, you know, educationally a lot lower than these guys, so I had to put in a little bit more, and, and that's where my passion comes in. And sometimes these guys will probably tell you that my passion is my worst enemy, but... Um, Sometimes it, it gets me to where I need to be. And, and again, if we take that sort of uh, commentary and that roadmap and that experience and play it out amongst you know, the business that's growing and the individuals, the personalities, the behaviours that ultimately we attract as a business. And, and let's just say traffic control and traffic management has a perception of attracting some interesting people, right? And, and, and our ability to ensure that you know, we respect all, we give everyone the same chance the same opportunity, and Stefan, I'll come to you because you know you, you've been um, um, the, the business has two locations, and, and and again, predominantly from where we were born and the acquisition and merger. So we have two significant locations, but over recent times, we've had to make a hardcore decision as to which one is headquarters and which one are we going to really focus on to develop as a a model 
that we can duplicate and triplicate throughout all parts of Australia. And uh, Stefan's in, um, I guess, in, in, in the chief um, position of managing our, what we refer to as a reference point, our satellite, our satellite office in, um, in Sunshine, the West. And that's not a lesser part of our business. It's as important, if not more important, than what we call our headquarters, which is based in Dandenong. But we're really consolidating a lot of our resources. And, and the fact that we've gone to 250 people that are managed by 20 internal staff is on the back of going with a headquarters approach. But Stefan, I guess from your perspective and, 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 and tr managing, I guess, the diversity of cultures and identity of a location that's you know, separate to the headquarters, but as important for our growth strategy into the rest of Australia, how do you find, again, you know, that whole challenge of people and culture and belief and, and them understanding, um, you know, that water cooler conversation of, hey, we're building something that's all inclusive, not just, hey, it's us against them. How have you found that challenge in, in, recent, uh, in recent years? Look, um, since I've been sort of running the um, Sunshine Branch, it, 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 it's been challenging all the time. Um, the west to the east um, always, the, you seem to get a lesser skilled uh, variety of people in the west who want to drive themselves and be the best they can be. Um, and that's been really challenging to find someone that I can sort of mentor and bring up through the ranks. Um, we found someone, it's taken two and a half years, but we found someone and um, it, that's starting to work. Now, all the other guys are going, geez, he's actually doing something here. No, I want to step up, I want to be that next person. But all those people have the opportunity already. So you've got to realign them and re-educate them and to get them to be the best they can be. So that's been challenging in itself, yeah. And, and are you starting to, again, you know, as, as the predominant driver of that uh, satellite office, in conjunction with a plan that we are all, you know, consenting to, um, do you see, again, just, just light bulb moments every day, as in light at the end of the tunnel, good ones, that is, yeah. not a train coming the other way, <laughs> that, that ultimately, you know, we're building something here. We are so building something that could be duplicated in Sydney and regional Victoria yep. and ultimately, you know, Queensland, which has massive opportunity for you guys. Yep. Are you seeing that? And the work that you're doing with your team is going to be the carbon copy that we lift and duplicate? Yes, I, we do. Um, I'll speak for the three of us because we're looking at the next satellite depot, whether it be Geelong or be South Australia, we, we want to get this one right to pick it, basically pick it up and put it over in wherever we want it to be. Um, there's opportunities for it's everywhere, so it is the smartest thing we can do. So, so Paul, from your perspective, who again, you know, one, one of the interesting things in partnerships, and we, we see it all the time, whether it's husband and wives, brothers and brothers, mates and ex-colleagues, um, when you come together, uh, you all say, you know, you, you turn up to a meeting from our perspective, Damien and I and David will turn up to a meeting and say, well, who's the owner here? Oh, no, we're 50-50. Okay, so if there was a decision that needed to be made around this or that, who's... Who's got the final say? Oh, no, no, we're 50-50. What if he says yes and you say no? What happens? Uh, nothing. Okay, so status quo. Good. I'm going to leave the room because I need to go to the toilet. When I come back, I want you guys to decide who's CEO here. And that has nothing to do with who's smarter or who's better or who's, you know, gifted or prettier or whatever. It has nothing to do with who's put more money in either. That's got to do with who is the best person that has, again, that balance and ultimately skill experience versus everyone else's skill and experience to be focused on other areas, who has that? And, and in this case, and, and to, to the credit of these three guys, 
um, they have, you know, by, by consensus and, and total uh, buy-in, they've, they've committed to Paul being the CEO. That's where, you know, the buck had to stop somewhere. It's his responsibility to make sure he, he goes through a journey that confirms the decisions. And um, not to say that Ross or Stefan or even I, in the role that we play within this business, don't have a, let's say, a healthy debate. Because the healthy debate is the miracle. That's where the miracle is. It's in the planning. It's in the debating. The plan, once it's sealed, is someone executing, right? So, Paul, just coming back to you, and, and again, the growth and the fast growth, not because of just assets and, and capital works by our governments right now who are running scared, but our belief that our business is so much bigger than that, our belief that we can go to so many places, and the principal reason that we will will be on the back of people, not just you three guys. What have you seen as some of the, ch or what have you, what, what can you share as far as the challenges of bringing that team, the bigger team, even the newbie that joins our team today, together? I suppose, you know, looking back on it before coming in here this morning and, and going through some of the names that are no longer with us, um, and that's an interesting little exercise as well. So we've certainly had, from when we first took over, the business based over in Hoppers Crossing as it was back in 2012, that team, um, we've probably only got about, probably about nine traffic controllers that are still with us from, from that time. Um, I don't think we've got anybody from the office that was at that time. Um, so there has been that turnover just to, to work ourselves up to having the right team around us. Um, and that certainly has been a challenge. Um, when we took over our Dandenong um, acquisition in 2014, um, again, that created a lot of challenge around bringing the two businesses together and a lot of personality and a lot of people and a lot of uncertainty as to how that was going to go. Um, and probably out of that, we've lost probably three of our key um, operations guys that were based in the Sunshine Depot at the time. So there's been change. It does, you know, that's part of the development of the, of the company. Um, and that's okay. Um, some people, as you say, do deselect themselves. And that's what's happened along the way. We, as Mark was touching on, we haven't had to sack anybody as such. Um, they have moved on of their own accord. But just now, it's three and a half years later sort of thing, but just now, we're, we're, for the first time probably, we're really feeling like we've got the right team around us. And we're, we're you know, starting with that trust in them and they're giving that back to us in their deliveries. Um, so we're just starting to hit the sweet spot, we hope. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the power that that gives, you know, the, the, the fire in the belly that that creates to know, doesn't matter what size your team is, but to know that you've got the right people in the right places, getting paid the right money, and ultimately doing the right things that ultimately end up in the right results. And that's the way it goes, by the way, the five R's. Knowing that and the power that that gives you to just, the belief to just keep on pushing to a place that, you know, I love that image of the, uh, the man on, on the moon. I love that. I mean, that's just, that's the epitome, right? And uh, when you think about that, and, and Ross, coming back to you for a moment, when you think about the, uh, the building of a team, a high-performing team, to free you guys up, to continue the, uh, you know, the, the, the approach into greenfields and opportunities that are knocking on your door, but you're not there yet and you need to go to them. Um, what have been some of the systems? What have been some of the strategies, in, in fairness, that we, we have put into place to allow that, opportunity for people to rise and keep on rising. Giving them the vision that we all sitting here have the same vision. If I asked 
you know, what is our, our vision, what do we want out of this, we would all say the same thing. Giving those guys the vision and making them believe that we're not just saying something. Um, we want to be the best traffic control company in Victoria, by far. And if you asked any one of our team, they would all say exactly the same. So it's giving them the hope that they can be something else. It, we're no different to any other traffic control company in Victoria or, or the world probably, um, that these guys come to work all, every day, they do their thing and they go home. It's a very high pressure job. Uh, it's 24-7, we're, we're, unfortunately we're out yesterday with that truck rollover and on, um, on the Calder. Um, it's, it's always there, we just have to be there. So those guys can just come to work and do their thing and go home and be arms and legs or we need to give them the vision that they're not just coming to work, they're coming to work and they've got buy-in. They can come to us and say, hey guys, I've got a great idea, we've got this, what do you reckon we do this? Go with it, run with it. Give them the licence to be a part of the team and to move up into that hearts and minds. One of the things we, uh, we did as an organisation, um, and it was a conversation that really needed um, to be slowed down at the highest level, firstly, and then at the next level, secondly. Um, we, we, um, we discussed a, uh, a strategy late last year to, to have a zero, a, zero, a zero tolerance for alcohol and drugs. And, and again, without putting a stigma on the industry, it's, uh, it's, it's known or there's a perception that it's, it's an issue in the industry. And um, for us to come up with a zero, zero acceptance, zero, um, um, I guess, tolerance for um, alcohol and drugs was something that we really, we thought it was a great idea and we needed to really deal with what are the challenges or threats around that if we were to do that. And it was March or February this year, we actually rolled that out where we have a 0% tolerance on alcohol and, and drugs, which, again, in the construction industry is becoming more and more the norm. But um, in a business like ours, which has a lot of unstructured approach as much as it has a lot of compliance, it was a, a move that certainly separated us from a lot of organisations, but it scared us. The, the concept scared us. But we, we, we thrashed it out and we got our leadership team involved and, and we also earmarked in, in a very private setting who we thought we might be losing in terms of people on our team who would be, because there was zero tolerance. It, was, it wasn't 5%, it wasn't 30%, it wasn't 90%, it was zero, which means if you're caught once on the job A, B and C, automatic dismissal. And we, we, we communicated this over three or four uh, times in the six-month period and ensured that we educated our people. We ensured we went to the people who we knew had an issue and we spoke to them in private about, hey, please understand we were mates for a long time and we're still going to be mates going forward, but if you get found out on a job that has our brand on it, you are automatically dismissed from the team. And um, we really slowed it down, but I'll, just, I'll come to you, Stefan, as a, uh, as a reference point. Um, bringing that out because again, it, you know, knowing what you guys know was always going to be a challenge. But how has that actually, again, just made what we do more serious as in as a business? Look, when we first rolled it out and I fought these two guys, they went, yep, yeah, we've got to do it. We've got to be the leader in, in the industry. And I said, you know what it's like in the industry. It's right through it. And again, uh, do I want to put my house on the line because of those individuals? Probably not. 
So we made it zero tolerance, um, drove ourselves forward. Um, I think now we've got three testers that that we um, that are qualified. They go around and audit and test our guys. Um, and I think we've shaken one off the tree, I believe. One person has been found and we dismissed him and there was no comeback on it. And everyone else seems to be you know, driving it to the level we want to be driven at. The customer perception was um, let us know what's going on, um, our clientele that we had. So we rung them before we actually did the random tests and we went right through the sites and they embraced it. They thought it was a good idea. That's the feedback we were getting from all our clients. So. And that's about being brave and raising the bar of a standard, leading an industry. And uh, I'll come to you, Paul, as, as a reference to that. What has that done as that's become more and more common knowledge for our customers who are tier one, tier two, government and what have you? What has it actually done in terms of, again, setting a standard for an industry and for our business? What does it mean? Probably two parts of that, one from a client perspective and one from our employees perspective. So a lot of our, client, our clients are heading in that direction as already, as you touched on. So they sort of see us as, as helping them drive drive in that direction, if you like. So um, so certainly the feedback on that has been has been very strong. Um, and then from our employees, yeah, we've had one tested who failed and got moved on. We've had probably three that come to mind straight away that left at that time. Um, funny little story, one bloke coming for, uh, for an induction, uh, went through it all, sitting there filling out all the paperwork or whatever, you know, came to the bit about drug and alcohol, and he said, I've just got to get something from the car. So he went out to the car, he's gone. <laughs> so, it, it wasn't a cone, was it, mate? Yeah, it might have been. So you know, that, that guy might have gone out on the road the next day, but he killed someone, you don't know. So, um, so that might have just saved us something there. So, um, but the... Traffic controllers that we've got on the books that uh, that have embraced it, yeah, they they love it. They want to know that the bloke at the other end who's got their back is clear-minded and, and ready to go. So positive feedback all around. And in fairness, the principal platform that we came from was not about hey, can we do this and be great. It was more about making sure that every father and mother that works with us is home tonight for dinner. That was the number one reason, right? Yeah. And it was a uh, it was a, it was a very it was a very easy message to convey and, mm. and, and well done on your results around that because that, again, demonstrates how the buy-in by slowing something down, thinking it through, getting alignment at the top level, next level, and it filters out is so important. Sometimes we need to slow these things down and uh, if you're growing something that's going to stand the test of time, these critical decisions that are fundamental to your growth must be done in such a way. Ross... Uh, where do you see the next five years for Traffic Diversions Group? Where do you see it? One, two, three. It, it definitely uh, in another state. Um, we're being asked by our clients if we will. Um, so therefore we must, I think. Um, there's no ifs or buts. If you're being asked by a client to, to go and set up and, and try and expand your business more because when you... When you grow a business, it's very easy to grow a business quickly at the start, but then the growth naturally starts to shrink. So if you're being asked to grow your company quickly again, you, you must do it, I think. So um, I see it's interstate. Um, and then, you know, as you said, we've been asked once again to go to New Zealand. Um, I know... 
Kiwis, Kiwis think they're a part of Australia, but they're actually not. So it's another country. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if we if we do get that opportunity, you know, and, and New South Wales goes well for us, and we, we're looking at regions as well, Ballarat, Geelong, uh, Bendigo. Um, if that all goes well for us, why not? Yeah, and, and the uh, the big, hairy, audacious one that we've flirted as a as a bit of a comment is where would we like to be? Aspiration. Oh. Oh. Starts with D. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai. And actually, we have a manual in the room who does a lot of business in the construction industry. Yeah, well, in, papers, in places like Papua New Guinea, of all places, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you champion it there, where do you reckon you can champion it? Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether they've got donkeys or uh, motorbikes that <laughs> need traffic control management. <laughs> but speak to a manual after today because I reckon, you know, again, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So the thing is, if you get your foundations right, there are no limits, absolutely no limits other than what your mind is okay to say, okay, let me review this. Let me see where the strengths are here. What are my threats? And off you go. It's just, it's an amazing thing. Good work. Stefan, um, where do you see the team? What do you see the shaping of the team in the next two, three, four years? What do you see as a, again, what is the standard that we're going to continuously be pushing for, hustling for, oh, demanding? We've got to be the best that we can be. That's what we can ask from our guys to challenge themselves and to buy into our vision and drive it to be the best. Um, if we can sort of challenge ourselves on that and, and keep on going that, I think that'd be great for, the, for ourselves and, and that moves us forward. And uh, it's not always about us, is it? No, no, definitely not. It's, it's about, about the team underneath. 100% included, 100% involved. Great. Paul, on a final note, um, what are three tips you can give any business owner at any level regarding team, high performance team, Building a business that you know stands the test of time. What are what are one, two, three tips you could give around people at that point? I suppose the things that we've learned as, as we've been growing and what have you is, uh, from a from a management point of view, is, is don't be afraid. I think we've learned don't be afraid to let people go um, if it means that we can improve the lot that we've got around us. Um, and that's not sacking anybody, but. If they're not the right fit, then you know, so that's from a from a business owner point of view. Um, but now that we've got the right team around us now, um, involve them, include them in what we're what we're doing, where we're going, what our visions are, all of those sorts of things that we've been talking about today. Um, and I suppose that comes down to communication. Um, so that, that's been something that we've tried to be pretty pretty strong on through our twelve months with yourself is uh, is getting that communication and involvement and from uh, from our guys around us. Um, and, and sharing that vision. So, um, and from our point of view as well, is, is we've got to be not afraid to delegate as well. There's a little bit of uh, when, you're, when you're starting a business and it's yours, you sort of you know, hold everything pretty close to your, to your chest. Um, but it's been a bit of a challenge as well for us to, to actually empower them and to let them grow with us as well. And that in turn allows us to be a little bit freer to, to go out and explore opportunities. So is it a one, two or three in there for you? Uh, fantastic. And, and again, from my perspective, just want to uh, just congratulate you guys because you, you are actually, you know, you're in control of a monster that's as ugly or as beautiful as you want it to be. And I guess for all three of you, you've grown in various ways in being better leaders, better stakeholders, better owners, and ultimately that's given the freedom of the next tier, your, your most important next tier, to also step up and be better leaders Better owners without money on the table. And um, that is proven to be a masterstroke. And uh, the power in that, as we heard from Mark, is 
nothing nothing short of just amazing. It's spectacular, it's phenomenal. Well done. Any questions from the room? Given that you've got uh, such a large team, obviously you took mm -hmm. over a number of established worldwide business. How do you continually keep a team that big, you know, um, believing in the vision or your vision and, and keep them motivated? What we had, um, yeah, that, that has been a, a, a struggle and a challenge, I suppose, is to do exactly that. So, you know, we have our meetings and all of those sorts of things to try and achieve that. But to take that one step further, we had a um, our first annual conference, call it what we will, so over the um, Anzac Day Long weekend, we took all of our staff and all of their families, um, all of our operational internal staff, admin staff, so, and all their families, so there would have been over 50 people all down to um, Queenscliff for the long weekend. Um, and part of that was a, you know, just sort of get to know you and, a, um, and get the two depots to get to know each other a little bit better. Um, but also, you know, we have workshops and those sorts of things to, to try and achieve some of that, also to set some workshops around it so that we can try and overcome some of the frustrations that we've had through, through the business um, and get, again, get them working together to try and come up with those solutions. So I think it's, uh, it's communication, it's bringing the teams together um, and creating those opportunities where they can actually just get to know each other and it's easy just to sort of send emails to each other and you know, get the shits with each other um, and, and verbalise it that way, but it's a little bit harder when you know each other on a little bit more of a personal basis. So we try to break down a few boundaries that way. Mm. James? What's the biggest threat <coughs> your industry is facing in the next five years? The biggest? Complacency. Oh, sorry. No, Go, Ross. Yeah, Complacency. Complacency. Thinking that, you know, she's right. Yeah. We'll just, we're, we're at our peak now. We're, we're, our guys are doing a great job out there. They should be fine. Complacency. And people will die because of that. We're a safety industry, not a traffic management industry. We're a safety industry. We're out there to keep people safe, keep the workers safe, keep our workers safe, and keep the public safe. So you have to keep working on that. You can't just say, it'll be okay. <coughs> training, training, training our guys. Good answer, great answer. I'm employed for the next six years, mate. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way your business is growing, there's a real chance we're, you know, you're at that side where middle management can become a problem because you're, and you end up in meetings and meetings and meetings. What do you think are some of the keys to keeping those, you know, mentioned structured team meetings? What are some of the things you guys do to keep it under control? <clears throat> Talk about the iron fist before. <laughs> you, almost, you almost need the iron fist at, uh, at some of the meetings because they do uh, start to meander off on other directions. So I think focus. Um, there has to be, uh, I went to one little training sort of session or whatever and uh, the takeaway I took from that was at the start of each meeting to have a purpose for the meeting and everybody understands what the purpose of the meeting is. So we're all here today to discuss or to achieve, boom, boom, um, and just keep the meeting back on that. Um, it, it is a trap to, that you can't fall into just to have too many meetings and they can go for too long and all the rest of it. But at the same time, you need the meetings to be communicating the messages. So just find that right balance. And you need to delegate a person to control that meeting, I think. One person, there'll be three of us there, but one person, and it's generally Paul, um, is get them back on track. Stop us yeah. talking about the footy, whatever else we talk about. Um, let's get back to the point so as we can finish this and get back to what we're doing. Good question. Last question, Zia. Yeah. 
Petty boys keep staying motivated. I know, like you come to work one day and you're like, she's like, oh, I'm not. How do you just go, you know what? That's it. It's just, there's a goal, just a motivation. That's it. Is um, Brendan still in the room or not? Uh, he's so gone. gone. Yeah. Um, he's off to jail. Brendan from the drain man, right here, said if, if we're not the most passionate people in the business, then forget about it. See you later. Um, and that sort of resonated with me from, from listening to him talk that day. Um, our passion level, maybe it's lucky that there's the three of us because, of course, we're human beings. We still have flat days or whatever. And, um, you know, maybe we, we sort of bounce off each other a little bit in, in that one. But um, if we're not the most passionate people in our business, then yeah, our business will struggle. And we changed our brand to a brand we wanted, that we recognised, that we built, so we got pride in it. We, we love this brand. We sat down and it took us, I think, three months to get yeah, this logo. And you'd think, oh, it's just a logo. But to get three people agreeing that they like a colour, a shape, a, what, it was just near impossible. Meetings. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, great question. We all love this logo now. Okay, then, just, just final. Another question, just a comment again, Stephen. Um, you've been talking all this morning about communicating with staff and educating staff and with staff being a team, shouldn't say staff a team, but to see you guys as a team and showing us what you can do and how you communicate that to your staff, the thing that's just come out so much for me is your team, which is just brilliant. Yeah, and a round of applause on that. Right. Okay, on behalf of us, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you because you're a great team. We're giving you one hamper to share. No, <laughs> <laughs> one hamper to share, yeah, yeah, and we want to. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just want to see how personalities work out. So I'll be dialing in later on this afternoon to see who's got black eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Round of applause again. Thank you for your Thank time, you. guys. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Stephen Kazakis, and what a sharing that was from the uh, the three owners, the three co-owners of Traffic Diversions Group. And right off the bat, congratulations to uh, to their journey and their continuous, I guess, uh, curiosity as to how can we be better? How can we be one step better than what we were a month ago, a year ago, six months ago, six minutes ago? I just feel their uh, their focus on ensuring that their team, regardless, you know, in every team there's good, bad, and ugly, and regardless of, you know, for people looking for that perfect team. There's no such thing. There's this continuous communication, continuous realignment, continuous purpose to keep on moving the business in the right direction. You know, right people in the right place, paid the right money, will always get you the right results. But how do you how do you celebrate those results? How do you build a culture and a team that gets nurtured in continual success? However, sleeves are rolled up and having a go at any minute, any day, any week, in the process so I just love what the boys uh, shared with us and and, and and ultimately you know if the team has buy-in and it's not just about arms and legs or just about the Friday paycheck or you know Monday comes in and I can't wait for Friday to turn up because then the weekend gets in the way of momentum you know it's all a cultural thing and it starts with leadership and and and, and how you communicate and, and and stay true you know how do you stay assertive? to uh, the things that are important in terms of the uh, the common goal. How do you ensure that the rules of the game and the culture that's been set for your business and ultimately the destination that you're going to, how are you enjoying the journey? How is it that you're allowing the team to have some fun all in all on the journey 
all inclusive? You know, how do you ensure that people are involved and given a chance to share an idea? These are all aspects that we just heard in a roundabout sort of way from Traffic Diversions Group and how they have gone from being just one of the bunch to being the benchmark business in Victoria and ultimately don't don't sort of see themselves as letting go of that mantle in a hurry. And by the way, there's always enough for more people to play the game. It's up to you, though, how you want to play it. I'm Stefan Kazakis. Team, everyone can and everyone will achieve more if you give them an opportunity. Good opportunity to also share with you guys at our next M500 event, we will be discussing and going deeper, really deeper, on the aspect of team and the power of team and how it can move mountains. So we look forward to you uh, raising your hand, reaching out to us, getting registered and ultimately being qualified to ultimately be involved at our next M500 event. I'm Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group. We are in your corner ensuring that every step of the way Every, every step of your journey towards business and life success is not left to chance. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03 0878. If you liked this podcast, Please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.